This podcast is created on Wurundjeri land. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which this podcast is made and the peoples of the Kulin Nation. I also pay my respects to the elders past and present. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Hot Mess Podcast. I'm your host Matilda Johnson and today we are going to get messy. But of course, before I get into what I'm really excited to talk about, my dating life before falling in love, we are going to talk about our weekly wrap. To start off, my TikTok feed is just so full of pop culture right now and stuff going on in celebrity culture that it's like kind of hard to not just be like deep diving into it every time I pick up my phone. But it's also filled with, I'm not sure if I've mentioned this previously in another episode, but I'm still getting a lot of, what's it called? Like fanfic, but not fanfic. Like those slow motion videos. You guys know the ones I mean, where it's like Taylor Swift's playing in the background and it's two characters from a TV show and it's all of their best puts put best parts put together. I'm not sure what you call that, but all of the ones that I see are the new house of dragon, but with Taylor Swift playing in the background. So like, for instance, Taylor Swift's got that song where it's like, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Anyway, you know the one I mean? And all of the clips with it. Sorry if you haven't watched house of dragon, I might be about to spoil it for you. Somebody dies because of a dragon, actually many people die because of dragons, but a young, young person dies because of a dragon and they are the son of somebody very important and it's like the loss of that person and how that person, like how their parent is dealing with that loss. Anyway, I I know that doesn't make sense. I'm dealing with a lot of fanfic, a lot of fanfic. I'm also dealing with a lot of Larry Stylinson, which I thought I was done with when I was 13, but it's still infiltrating my life. And I feel bad because a part of me is like, ah, these clips, like, look, maybe they just had really good banter, but also like, you don't want to assume anyone's sexuality and stuff like that, but it's everywhere. It's all over my feed. And now I can't stop thinking about Larry. I've also got, what are they calling them? I've got Joshua Bassett. Joshua Bassett, don't know why I said him with a British accent. And I've got Olivia Rodrigo and their whole romance because Joshua has released a new album and everyone's saying that it's like a response to Olivia's, what what was her album called? Not Driver's License, that's what her single is called. I'm Olivia Rodrigo fan self-reclaimed. I should know this, but anyway, Sour. Oh my God. Everyone's saying that his new album is in response to her album Sour and like they're matching up the songs and being like, oh my God. So now I, now my feed is like full of his music and like parts of interviews where they're talking and laughing together and how it's like, this is obviously pointing at like the song lyric here. It's obviously talking about this conversation here in an interview with pop sugar magazine okay another thing that's on my tiktok feed and i'd say like people are trying to recommend it to me and i'm just like i'm tempted i went into dimmick's bookstore today and i saw matthew perry's new book if you're thinking who's matthew perry you're too young to be listening to this podcast he was chandler in friends and he has had 
a very I'd say like from what from what I know of him without having read his autobiography like he's been through the ringer of fame and dealing with fame and substance abuse and all these other things so I'm sure his book would be a good read however what is throwing me off is that all the snippets I'm seeing in how they're trying to advertise this book to me is the way that he talks about people like Jennifer Aniston and how he had a crush on her. She shut him down and basically he was like, well, we could never be friends, which just makes me feel a bit sickly to think like she had to work with this guy for 10 seasons who was kind of fixated on the fact he wanted to sleep with her. And he he pretty much said to her, we can't be friends because you don't want to have anything more than a platonic relationship with me I feel like that's extremely objectifying for a woman to experience that and on top of that he also mentions how he was unsure about how long is too long to be looking at her and stuff like that I'm like you're not looking at her as if she's anything more than an object if that's what you think like you can only hold a gaze at her in her direction for a certain amount of seconds. Like, I don't know. I feel like he was trying to write it in a way that seems like, oh, I was infatuated by her. But instead, I don't know. It's coming across a bit creepy. It's coming across a little creepy. Um, I think Shameless Podcast did a really good insight of this and how they, like, I, I do agree with some of what they had to say. And I know, I think Celebrity Book Club Memoir, Celebrity Memoir Book Club, I'm sorry, I should really do my research. They, I've been watching all of their TikToks about the book and I agree with a lot of what they have to say about the way he seems to interact with women in a way that is almost like a sense of ownership rather than like a relationship and how, I don't know, it just seems like a very archaic way of thinking about things. I don't know. So I suggest you look that up on TikTok if you want to have an idea about what's going on in the book without having to read the whole book. I also think it's really weird. He seems to have a vendetta against Keanu Reeves, who I honestly think is one of the greatest people in Hollywood and most humble people in Hollywood. Not that I know the man personally. I would love to. But he keeps apparently saying stuff in the book like multiple times, like how dare Keanu Reeves walk upon this earth when people like river phoenix are dead or like vice versa like you know you get the gist that's not a direct quotation but that's the gist of what is said in the book but it's just kind of like i mean what are you trying to say like i'm kind of like where's your vendetta from for keanu reeves coming from i'm very curious i feel like that's something he should have elaborated more on and then i would have read the book But instead, it just sounds like he's, again, kind of jealous of Keanu Reeves. I'm like, is it because of all the fantastic roles he got? And he's, like, notoriously known in Hollywood for being just a good, genuine person. And not only that, but Keanu Reeves, he's gone through a fair bit of shit in his lifetime as well. I think his, like, his story is so interesting about all of the things he's experienced in his life. I would love for him to write a book. If he has already, somebody please message me. I'll review that. But yeah, I'm just like, Matthew, what's going on, babe? Like, where is this coming from? Lisa Kudrow, I did see when I went into Dimmicks today, I did look at the book. I read the blurb and I read everything. Like, 
pretty sure Lisa Kudrow wrote the prologue and I did have a little quick skim read of it while I was in the bookstore and I think what she had to say was very lovely and very genuine and very Lisa Kudrow and she came from a place of saying people have always asked me how is Matthew in terms of concern because they've always just been worried for him and she's had to be like the voice of reason and say like he's fine, he's all good, but this up, this book is like an opportunity for her to say that she's really proud of him, which I think is a very sweet sentiment. But I just want to know what's going on with Keanu Reeves, man. And then in the political side of things with what's on my TikTok, I am getting all of the court verdicts and all of the hearings and different speeches that were being put out in the last few days of the Parkland trial. And I just, uh, my heart is breaking for the families involved in this and the bullshit that they have had to put up with in this case. I think it's very, like, I mean, this isn't something that gets broadcast that much in Australia. So I think I'm grateful for TikTok and YouTube in that I've been able to follow it a little bit more and hear the family's closing statements about what they wanted to say and how they felt and how they yearned for their children. And there's this one girl who, whose boyfriend was killed in the school shootings and she gave the most heartwarming, beautiful speech. And I'm like, this girl is a poet in the way she talks and the love that she had for her boyfriend is just beyond words. And it was incredibly moving. And I think that, I don't even want to say his name because I don't think his name deserves any sort of publicity. But the killer on trial, I would love to see him burn in hell. I think the verdict that was given, it's very controversial in that he wasn't given the death penalty in America, which is not legal in Australia. Um, I think it would be interesting to see how a verdict like this would be held in Australia where there aren't those kinds of options. However, in America, so it was voted against the death penalty by one juror's vote out of the entire jury. One person voted no, and that was the deciding choice. And then on top of that, he has very restricted rights as a prisoner. So what, from what I believe, in America... Prisoners are able to earn money whilst they're in prison and from things like, again, writing like a book or having a documentary or movie made about their lives, stuff like that. And which I think is really sickening knowing that they can earn money from those things, especially if it's such a repulsive, heinous and callous and ugh like mm, terrible crimes such as this school shooting and I just yeah I, it it shocks me that that's even possible but it's America why should I be surprised but yeah so they can earn money from stuff like that and they also get different benefits like um you know different food and whatever like all of these opportunities like prisoners are able to achieve a lot they're allowed to even go to college if they want to and stuff like that um 
So he had all of those rights taken away from him and he's going to be serving life in prison. So he's going to have a pretty miserable time. I just quickly want to correct myself there. When I say go to college, I mean complete a degree within the four walls of a prison. Unfortunately, when it comes to mass shootings, I feel like this is, well, we already know this isn't going to be the last one we've seen because it hasn't been the last one that's happened in its time. So this shooting, if you're trying to jog your memory, this happened on February 14th, 2008, Valentine's Day. Um, and it happened to, well, the targets for students and staff at a high school in Parkland. It was the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. And this is now recorded as the deadliest high school shooting in United States history, which was previously held by Columbine High School massacre and which that killed 15 people. This one had 17 people killed. And I feel like Columbine kind of was world renowned and like I feel like that was something that everyone talks about and stuff. So I feel like this is something that if you're interested, of course, if you're not wanting to see any of this, I completely understand why it is very distressing to watch. But I think this case is going to go down in history. And so I think it's really interesting to keep up with. I also think that the defense attorneys involved in this case, um, there ha- a lot of the families involved who have spoken up in court in the past week, a lot of them are calling for the resignation of the some of the defense attorneys involved due to their behavior in court because it's been incredibly disrespectful and just unprofessional in general. There was one defense attorney who was caught on camera flipping the bird mid test. I think it was a testimony um, that was going on and then having a laugh with the murderer whilst she was flipping the bird. Like, are you actually that? Uh, Like there are no words. There are actually no words. And I think it's soulless behavior to think that is appropriate in any way, shape or form, no matter what kind of relationship you have with who you have to defend in court. I know this is your job. I know that this is something that you have to do and you have to create some sort of relationship with your client. But to do something as disgusting as that, it's just it's awful. It's really disgusting. And I agree. I, I would love to see this person resign or be stripped of their license because it's also disregarding the fact of the fact like 17 people, a majority children were murdered and you're having a funny laugh in the middle of a case involving that. But anyway, I'm not going to go into that too much more or else I will get very angry Um, but you can follow that on YouTube and also I think a really good TikTok page to follow all of this and where you can see the testimonies of all the families involved is called After Dark Coffee and Crime. That's where I've been watching all of it and getting my daily little snippets of the court hearings. Highly recommend if you're interested in that sort of thing. Another recommendation. Okay. So I've just finished watching Buying Beverly Hills on Netflix. I love, I love real estate. I love 
reality TV, the two going together. I'm like, mm, yes, heaven. So if you like selling Sunset, selling Tampa, selling the OC, this is the next one for you. I don't know if it's by the same creators. You would assume so considering the alliteration used in the title and the fact that it's also a Netflix show, but I'm just not sure because I then would be like, would it be selling Beverly Hills, but no, it's buying Beverly Hills and it follows the agency, which is the real estate agency of his name isn't, his last name isn't Richards, Mauricio, who is Kyle Richardson's husband. (laughs) That's how I know him at least because I'm a big fan of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but it follows his real estate company. And I love him. He's my favorite Real Housewives husband. And so of course I wanted to see him succeed on his own without his wife. You know, good job. You put yourself out there. Love it. And he's been very successful at it. Good for him. Um, we love a man who goes out on a whim and starts a business um, when his wife is succeeding. <laughs> Slay. <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling a joke here. Anyway, um, so yeah, and it's really interesting because his daughters are also involved in the business we love and Nepo baby and how, but it's also interesting watching the dynamics of that. Like his youngest, well, the, the youngest in the company, Alexia, is like a junior agent on the team and she's struggling to deal with the fact that people don't look at her as anything more than a Nepo baby. And I'm like, that sucks. I wish I was a Nepo baby. But anyway, I recommend if you like drama and if you like real estate, because I love both of those things. Another recommendation, Love is Blind season three. It is out. I've been watching it. I've been following it the last few weeks. However, we're now at the weddings, the weddings, the weddings, the I do's, the love is blind. And I am nervous because the men really suck this year. They, they really suck. And I'm like, where are the background checks involved in getting these men onto the TV shows? Because I'm scared. I'm worried. I'm scared for the women involved because some of these women, they're so infatuated by these men. And I'm like, girl, these men are mid, they are mid, mid, like, yes, they may be a very handsome, very attractive man, but mentally and the things that is like the words coming out of their mouths below mid, well below mid. Oh, it's appalling. Some of the behavior they're getting away with on international television on Netflix. I'm like, where is the background checks? Okay. So there's like these three guys in particular, Bartis, Matt, and what's his name? He's like a teenager. One with the weird beard that looks like maybe a Muppet died on his face. You know the one I mean. The three of them, they need therapy. That's what they need. They don't need to be on a TV show about falling in love. They need a therapist. And I know that's not accessible for everyone. And I understand that. But these men are on a TV show about finding love. I'm sure that they have access to therapy. I don't think they should be going out of their way and then hurting other women who they've known only for a short, brief amount of time and controlling them, manipulating them. The gaslighting that's going on is revolting. And they're all like, 
but I'm a man who wants to fall in love. I'm like, no, you're a man who wants power over somebody else. And it's very clear to me and it's very clear to all other viewers. I've seen the tweets. I'm not going to lie. Have I become a bit of a Twitter Twitter troll? Am I becoming a Twitter troll over this? Possibly. Possibly. I don't know if trolling involves just liking other people's tweets, but if it does, I am a troll. I am a hater because these men need to improve. And also, are you not fucking embarrassed to go onto a show and display this level of poor fucking behavior and be like, man, I'm a man. I'm a man is what I do. It's like, no, you're literally acting like a child, like an entitled child in the way you're speaking to somebody who you want to marry Nah, nah. For instance, the premise of love is blind. You're not meant to know what the person looks like. You're meant to fall in love purely based on what you've known of them, how you've met them behind a wall without ever seeing their face. Bartice is marrying a beautiful, stunning, generous, caring, compassionate woman named Nancy. But he can't get past the fact that she's a short Latina woman who is not a glamorous Pilates instructor by this, like, who is this other girl that is also on the show that he's now seen in real life and is like, damn, I want to have a piece of her. He's literally saying this. He's like, if I saw her in a club, I would approach her. Nancy, the one I'm about to marry, not so much. Are you actually dumb? And then he says, he sits down in this show and he says, we got to be real. Attraction is about looks. And I'm like, you're on a show called Love is Blind. Did you not read the contract you were signing when you went on this show? Are you actually that dumb? Okay, I've remembered the name of Muppet Man. The Muppet Man's name is Cole. Like Cole Sprouse, who I also, not gonna lie, if I ever meet Cole Sprouse, my apologies, but I I also think he's a bit of a Muppet Man. So Cole, 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 Cole is marrying a beautiful South Asian woman named Zanab. And he had the audacity to say, so he's met her in person and he's like, nah, not really my type. But this white woman over here, Colleen, she's my type. Literally his words, literally his words. And you can't say that his attraction or lack thereof for Zanab is not based on anything more than her race and nationality because he literally said these words he said something along the lines of you think in a, the real world I would date a woman named Zana but no I usually go for women named Lily that that one sink in he said those words and he thinks that's okay and he's like of course I love you of course our love is blind because I would usually date women named Lily not Zanab. And then he goes ahead and says something like, oh, but this woman, Colleen, she's a smoke show. Zanab, not so much, not my type. His parents don't want to meet her because they're like, can't imagine you dating somebody like her. I'm reading between the lines here, you guys. And then to make matters worse, to make Cole dig his hole even deeper. So he is cooking dinner with Zanab and he's not seasoning his chicken. He's not even oiling the pan probably. He's making like a pretty disgusting looking piece of chicken and maybe some Brussels sprouts. And so Zanab's like, I'm going to take over. I'm going to cook and I'm going to make it at least tasty and not disgusting. Also, this man's apartment is literally trash. Like there's bugs in his 
toilet. You know, like he's looking for a mother, not a wife. Okay. So she's cooking for him. He starts shooting a Nerf gun into the pan of chicken. Like, I don't know about you. If somebody was doing that to me while I'm trying to cook dinner for the both of us, I'd probably be pissed off too. And so she gets a bit frustrated and starts saying, can you please stop? You're, you're really frustrating me. It's getting on my nerves. And he says, are you bipolar? He says that he tries to diagnose her with a, with a disorder and a condition that he clearly does not know anything about because her frustrations purely were because of his incompetence to just chill out for two seconds and be an adult. And his reaction was, are you bipolar? The furiosity that was born within me that day. Oh, and then there's Matt. And I got to be honest, that man just scares me. And I'm scared for Colleen. Once again, we're worried about Colleen because she's being dragged all over the place. Yes, she is a beautiful woman. There's no denying that. And she's a ballet dancer and she owns her sexuality and the fact that she can put her legs behind her head. Good for her. When I was a dancer, that made me quite insecure, to be honest, because I thought that's all men wanted me for. But instead, she's using it to her advantage. I'm like, slay, slay, mama, slay. But I'm scared of Matt because anytime that anyone shows any attraction to Colleen and she obviously gets flustered. She's like, oh, thank you. Like she doesn't shut it down in the way he wants and being like, fuck off, I've got a husband because that's clearly what he wants her to say. He irrationally gets angry to the point where she's crying by herself and she's embarrassed. And this hasn't only happened once in the show. This has happened on multiple different occasions. So now I'm just at the fact, like, also this man is a divorcee prior to the show. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but that was also a short marriage from what we know. I'm like, where's the wife? Where's the ex-wife? I want an interview with the ex-wife and I want to know what went down on her end because he's all being here. Like I'm a tortured soul because what happened with my ex-wife? He's a country man. And so I'm like, what happened with the ex-wife? Apparently she cheated on him. And honestly, by the sounds of things, if that's how he was treating me in my marriage, I'd cheat on him too. Anyway, we have to move on because otherwise I will be talking about this for hours and hours and hours. If you couldn't tell, because I already feel like I've been speaking about it for hours. But anyway, what we're discussing today is some of the best and worst dates I went on before falling in love with my boyfriend, Kiri. And this is something I want to do with guests in the future as well. A bit of a 51st dates, tell me your best, tell me your worst. And we're starting off with me, you lucky things. We're not going to talk about some of my high school dating because honestly, they're quite boring, quite boring. It involves going to the movies, cute, whatever, like family members sitting behind you or like for one thing oh hi ex-boyfriend who listens to the pod I know you're listening I'm talking about our date where you made me play golf with you he's a professional golfer I don't know if you still play do you still play anyway um he was a professional golfer he was very very good I lived across the road from the golf course so he made me come and play golf with him but I didn't play he made me watch and then he made me pick up the golf balls you know who if you're listening Don't make anybody else do that for you unless they actually enjoy golf. I don't know. Dating outside of high school for me was like an Olympic sport in that I would not succeed. And just as I would not succeed in any Olympic sport. I really hated dating. I don't like Tinder or Bumble or Hinge. Tried them all. Didn't enjoy any. Except for Tinder during lockdown because that was when it was like 
you had Tinder passport and you could speak to people overseas. That was fun because I knew I didn't have to see the people in person ever. So I hated dating, hated it. You're going to think I'm toxic for this one, but genuinely I enjoy telling the story because people laugh at it. So one time we've discussed this guy in the past, guy who kind of broke my heart back in high school, um, who invited another girl to his birthday dinner and everyone was like, where's your date? And I'd done some stalking on the internet, realized that they had gone on a date previously, whatever. And about a year later, he and I had been talking again and he messaged me and was like, would love to take you on a date. Where can we go? And me being the psycho bitch that I am, I thought about it and I said the name of the place where he took the other girl which is actually one of my favorite places. So it also kind of ruined it for me because I literally, before going on this date, I was like, I want to get married here, like married. And then I went on this date and I was like, why the, like now I'm never getting married here ever, ever. It's not happening because I've ruined it for myself. But basically I tell the guy the name of the place where he took the other girl. And he's a guy. I don't think he thought much of it. So he came, he picked me up in his car. We went for a drive. We went to that place. We were like sitting, it was a beach. We were sitting on the beach. We were talking for hours and hours and it was like the sunset. We were watching the sunset together. And I was like, oh my God, I just love this beach. And he's like, yeah, it's one of my favorites. And I was like, oh my God, mine too. And then I turned to him and I'm like, so do you take many girls here? And the look on his face when he realized that I had done that. I had bamboozled the boy. I had Uno reversed that man. I was like, that's the last time you play me. And you know what? I waited over a year for that kind of revenge. I went Taylor Swift on his ass in that term of revenge. I really waited an entire year to just get that line out and say, yeah, do you take many other girls here? because I know he did. Oh, the satisfaction and the look on his face. It was a very awkward car ride home. Like I probably should have waited till later on, but worth every penny, worth every penny. Okay. Another date that I went on, which for me is probably one of the better dates, which says a lot. Okay. So I met this guy at a music festival. Our friends kind of set us up and he was an absolute sweetheart. He was my new year's kiss um, after probably like only five minutes of us meeting and he asked for my number and I don't usually just give my number out to people. I don't care if I've just kissed them. I still am like, mm, that's enough. That's enough contact. Don't want anything else. But for some reason, for some unbeknownst reason, I gave him my number and my friends who kind of set us up, they put it across to him. They were like, she doesn't do that. She doesn't give her number out to people. So like count your blessings and know that you must be doing something right. I think it went to his head a little bit, to be honest. But the next day he texts me, we're still at the music festival. It's the last day. Everyone's packing up to leave. And he's like, can I at least take you to a food truck while we're both in the same place and get some Avo toast and hang out? And I was like, ah, no, ah, no, thank you. Anyway, so didn't do that. But we kept in contact for a little bit. And actually what's even funnier is that also at that music festival, ran into a guy that I also dated whilst I was texting other said guy. 
Anyway, that's another story. But he and I kept in contact for a little while. He did, and I also like he didn't live in Melbourne, so I was like, yeah. Are we gonna like? I didn't see it going anywhere, but he was really determined to take me on a date, and I was flattered. And he was thinking up of all these different date ideas for us, and they all sounded really fun. Like, and I think we ended up settling on ice skating. We had lots of options, and he was like, "Now let's do something really fun. Let's go ice skating." And I'm not an ice skater. I am not like I'm Bambi on ice. And so, but for some reason I like going into it, I was like, I'm going to nail this. I'm going to be so good. For some reason I wore a fucking denim, denim skirt for one thing. Stupid. It was the middle of summer in my defense. And I was like, well, I'm not going to want to pack a pair of pants to change into and then change back out of them again. But wore a denim skirt, ice skating, not a safe move. And he was actually really good. So I think he just used the opportunity to show off, which I was embarrassed about. Also, it's a bit awkward trying to get to know somebody whilst you're being Bambi on ice. I mean, he got to see all my flaws really quickly and he got to see how clumsy I am very quickly. And yet somehow he didn't get an ick. I got an ick about the fact that he was good at ice skating, but somehow he was like, oh, she's so clumsy and quirky. Like she probably saw me as like a manic pixie dream girl or something about because of how bad I was on the ice. Like, I don't know, but I was like, anyway, at the time I was like, oh, that's so sweet. He likes the fact that I'm bad. Anyway, moving on. So after that, we're like, oh, let's go for a nice walk. Like it's beautiful, sunshiny day. We ended up walking for ages and ages, ended up in a park that also happened to have a festival going on, talked for ages, playing some 20 questions. And like, it was going on like pretty chill. He's asking me some pretty intense stuff as well. And like, I'm pretty chill with 20 questions on a first date. If you absolutely have like never met the person before. And that was kind of the case with this. But then he starts asking me stuff like, would you hit your kids? And like, I don't know. And then he asked me what my body count is. And I'm like, firstly, I've never killed anyone. So I don't know why we call it body count. Secondly, like, I don't know. What does it matter? And I think at the time I was pretty insecure about my body count, about what my body count was. Um, and, but now I look at it, I'm like, oops, it's nothing to be ashamed of, whether it's like high or low, like it is what it is. But he put it in a way that was kind of like, he didn't want to be with anyone who had too much experience. Almost like, I don't know. It, it, what's the topic where it's like either Virgin Mary or Madonna complex. You know what I mean? Guys want one or the other. They want, no, they want to marry the Virgin Mary, but they want to sleep with the Madonna. They can't, have the two cross over. They can't just like, well, I mean, some guys can sleep with the Virgin Mary and just ditch her as we all know, but most guys wouldn't want to marry the Madonna whore. You know what I mean? Like they would rather marry the Virgin Mary because they see women like used cars, you know, like from what we know of men on the internet, they often look at us like a used car. They don't want us to have high mileage. Anyway, so he's talking to me about, what my body count is as if like, if it's too high, we're going to have a problem and the date's going to end here and now. So I'm like, 
I lied to him and I'm like, never had sex. Got to be honest with you. <laughs> like, like I did that. I did that. So the date continues. <laughs> and at this point, like it's been a few hours and then he's like, oh, let's grab some dinner. So we go off to dinner as well. Like we've had, we've gone ice skating in the morning. We've had a little bite to eat, a little snacky snack at the ice rink. We've gone on a long walk. Now he wants to take me out to dinner. And I'm like, hell yeah, that's great. He suggests Subway. We're in Melbourne. There's endless cuisines. And this boy wants to take me to Subway. That should have been enough for me to say no. I mean, the body count should have been enough for me to turn around. But Subway, I'm a gal who likes my food. And that, like, for a date, Subway is just not going to cut it with me. No offense. Like, unless it's, like create a spread and take it to the park and have a really gorgeous picnic but he was going to sit in in the subway as well so I'm like no but literally around the corner from Chinatown let's at least get some good dumplings like I wasn't sure if budget was an issue if it was I'm like there's still cheap options let's go get some like cheap dumplings it's fine so we go life's a breeze and he's like I don't I just don't want this date to end I'm having such a good time talking to you and I'm like oh my god same despite the fact that I'd probably lied to him at this point on numerous occasions I'm not entirely sure why I did all of this I'm going to say like I was just having fun I was just in for the thrill of it all um And so he's like, look, this could be weird, but it's actually my brother's birthday and he's going out celebrating tonight if you want to come to the spa with me. And I'm like, yeah, why not? So I go with him, go to the spa and he's got a whole heap of friends there, whole heap, like his brother, his brother's friends, his brother's girlfriend, like all of these people. And he's got a friend there who's on a, like a one, a first date as well. I was about to call it a one night stand. It was not, um, his friends there on a first date as well. And they're making out and he's looking at me and he's doing like, like, should we, should, should we, should we like follow the lead here? (laughs) No, I was not into it. I was like, ha get me another margarita. Um, but anyway, I'm, we, he's like, oh, my brother's over there. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Go up to meet him. A bit weird meeting the family on the first date. That's another thing. And guess who his brother's best friends are? Two guys who were the year above me in high school. I don't know how they'd all met. And one of those guys I had had an on and off flirtation with for probably five years at that point. And... I think like he and I only stopped flirting back in like 2020. We were still like on the phone during COVID, like, like, and this date was before that. Like even after this date, even after this guy saw me dating somebody else, he was still hitting me up. He was still sliding into those DMs. So Lizzo really did say, tell your friends, shoot your shot if you see him. It's okay, you're already in my DMs because he was and he continued to be. Again, don't know why, but as soon as I saw him, I got very nervous because I'd already been attracted to this guy. And I was like, "Mm, now I'm embarrassed. You're seeing me on a date with somebody else. So I'm going to dip. And so 
gave the guy a quick peck goodbye because I thought uh, he clearly wants to kiss me. So I did haul myself out there a little bit just to just for his satisfaction, not for myself. And then I went home and then he and I were texting a little bit. He wanted to meet up on a date again. And then I don't know how we got into an argument. Um, but like I disagreed with something he said and he immediately was like, now nah, be done. And I was like, you know what? Fair game because I'm not even the person you think I am. I lied to you that entire time. Okay. This is like my, f- okay. This is probably my first good date that I went on in uh, when once I'd moved to Melbourne. So there was this guy my sister was setting me up with. And honestly, I didn't even know I was getting set up with him. She just wanted to come out for drinks. And she was like, I've got a friend from back home who also wants to come out. He's coming. He's overseas. He's here from Paris. He lives in France. And I was like, heck yeah, that's all have drinks. Like I'd had a rough day or something. And so we go out to South Bank in Melbourne where there are some really great bars and he is this beautiful French man, super intelligent, is here for journalism. And I don't know, he was handsome. He had the accent. It was sexy. And he was like getting me all the apparel spirits. So I had nothing to complain about. And he was an absolute gentleman. My sister dipped after a while and was like, you guys hang out till you show him the city. And so it's nighttime and we're just walking around the city, only a few cocktails deep. Like we weren't drunk at all. And I'm showing him like locations of the city and architecture and stuff like that. And it was really nice. Like we had some great conversations and he was super well traveled and he was telling me about the world and uh, you know what it's like. And we got the tram home and, um, he got off at his stop, gave me a kiss on the cheek and was like, it was beautiful meeting you and all of this stuff. And like was super respectful. And then I went home and I slept with somebody else of the same name. Yeah, I did that, but it wasn't our last date. That guy with the French boy, We ended up going on a couple of dates and then I got a message from a girl doing the whole, Hey girly on Instagram. Turned out he had a girlfriend back in France. So really I don't actually feel that bad for sleeping with somebody else of the same name the night of our date because turned out he had a girlfriend the whole time. It saddened me, not going to lie, because I was like, this man is dreamy. He's French. He's got a house in the South of France, a chateau, if you will, but it's okay we live and we learn. I just realized how conceited that last sentence was like, oh, I was upset because he had a chateau in the house of France, but it's the daydream, you know, but some people it's just the daydream. You're not in it for the longevity. You're in it for like the, oh, wasn't that fun? Wasn't that the swing of things, the thrill, it was thrilling to know that like, there's this boy, he's from France. He's from the other side of the world. He fancies me. He's got a chateau. He's going to take me out on his yacht it wasn't going to happen, but it was the fantasy. You know what I mean? Okay. This last date is actually kind of funny because again, it's somebody who I know listens to my podcast and he's actually somebody I would love to have on the podcast. He and I've discussed this and he's going to hear this and he's going to be like, yeah, that was me. Yep. That was me. And we've discussed this since there's no bad blood. There's no hard feelings. We have a laugh. Um, because we were both like, ah, I can't believe we did that. But this is kind of the last date that I went on before meeting Kiri. So it was summer 
last year. I just want to say last January, January of 2021. Wait, what year is it? Yeah, 2020, 2021. Anyway, so, and I, I thought we were just catching up as friends. I was, it wasn't known to me that it was a date. He and I hadn't seen each other in years. He'd moved to Sydney and I thought he just wanted to catch up and we'd discussed catching up in the past. And I was always kind of like unsure because I thought he might have had a bit of a thing for me and I didn't want it to be a big deal. So I was like, uh, kind of putting it off a little bit. And then I was like, you know what? Yeah, let's go have pizza and wine and just like catch up. We hadn't seen each other in a long time. I feel like we have a lot to catch up on. So he, we go to this, like one of my favorite pizza places in Melbourne. So we go there. I'm waiting for like, I think half an hour. He was running late by half an hour. I thought I was running late. He ended up running late by half an hour, which didn't concern me because once again, I didn't go into this thinking it was a date. I thought we were catching up. So I was like, I don't care if he's a bit late. I'm enjoying the sunshine. Might get a, like, might get a cocktail while I wait. Anyway, he finally shows up. Um, He's brought like two bottles of wine because the place is also BYO. And so we're just catching up. It's a good time. It's funny. Um, We did get through both bottles of wine, which was not helpful for me because I'm a lightweight. I'm a tipsy gal. Anyway, we go get ice cream afterwards. It's a great catch up. I think during the day, I think I've got like saved videos on my phone of me hiding in the toilets being like, I think he's more into it than I am. I thought they were just friends meeting up, but he definitely thinks this is something more. Also the entire time, I feel bad even saying this because I know he's listening. He was talking about his ex the whole time. And my love, if you're going to do this in the future, if you're going to go on dates with other women, maybe don't talk about it as much as you did. If you think that the date is an actual date, maybe just don't talk about your ex as much as you did in this instance. But I'm there for you. You can talk to me about it. Now that we know we're not on a date, you know what I mean? Anyway, so we go get ice cream afterwards. We're walking around. We're sitting in the park, still catching up. It's daylight saving. So the sun's still out and it's quite warm. And suddenly I can feel him edging his way closer and closer to me. And you know, when you know that your time together is wrapping up and you're just like, I kind of want to get out of here. Like I want to go home, want to go to bed. It was kind of getting to that point for me, but I, he was knocking his knees next to mine, you know, like he was doing like all the little things where it's like trying to edge your way closer to the person. And I knew where this was going. And suddenly I'm mid sentence talking to him. Like, I, what was it even about? It was something political too. So you guys know what I'm like. I will go on a rant. I was ranting and suddenly there's a tongue in my mouth. Like a lizard slipped into Meredith Blake's mouth in The Parent Trap. That was me, but with this guy's tongue. And I'm like, like, like about to choke, gagging, gagging. Because he just slipped his tongue in my mouth out of nowhere. And I'm like, <laughs> pull back. And then he's like, don't tease me. Goes in for more. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? I'm eyes wide open, looking over his shoulder. My hand is behind his back, ordering an Uber over his shoulder while his tongue's in my mouth. Luckily, we're in a part of Melbourne where like Ubers will get there within two seconds. I pull away and I'm like, my car's here. Sorry, gotta go. And I dipped. Luckily, 
like a couple of weeks later, he'd like, you know, he would kind of been messaging and stuff and we're like, yeah, it's a bit awkward. Hey. And we set the ground rules. We're like, look, I didn't go into it expecting it to be what it was. My apologies if I may have put out signals, but I'm sorry that wasn't what I wanted and vice versa. You know, we kind of both said the same thing and we were both like, we regret that, don't we? Yeah, we do. That was not fun. That was not fun for either of us. But yeah, so it's okay. He'll probably come on the podcast sometime talking about nerdy stuff because I met him at United Nations camp, model United Nations camp. Yeah, I represented Mexico. Anyway, we're going to discuss that in a future episode. But that was a bad date. And then I met Kiri and he and I didn't really date before becoming boyfriend and girlfriend. Like we just kind of hooked up. (laughs) (laughs) And then we were like, yeah, that's nice. Let's do it again sometime. And now we're together a year and a half later. Um, but yeah, that's some of my worst dating stories. I can't wait to hear more from the people who I'm going to have on the podcast later down the track because quite a few people who I already know are going to be on the podcast. I know some of their dating history and I'm like, yo, people need to know this shit because it is golden, golden. And I think I will do a segment next week where I would love for all my lovely listeners to write into me at hotmess underscore podcast on Instagram and voice message me or put it out in what in, in writing, in writing, some of your worst dates you've ever been on. And then I'd also love to know the best date you've ever been on. And we can compare the pair. We can dissect it together. We can laugh. We can cry. So message me your worst dates and your best dates, your 51st dates on Instagram at hotmess underscore podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please give it a lovely little review, a little five-star rating. And... Give me a follow. That'd be nice too. Give me a follow on Instagram. Once again, hot mess underscore podcast, Spotify, hot mess podcast with Matilda Johnson and anywhere else you're listening. Chuck us the like, chuck us a follow, chuck us a review. Greatly appreciate it. And we can get back to dirty dating in the future. Thanks for a lovely, messy episode. I'll see you guys next week. Bye.